As Jenny D'Amato said in her book, All Dolled Up, no matter which decade you count as your formative years, no matter which Barbie doll or Barbie ensemble first caught your eye, as a little girl, collector, a designer, a parent or a pop culture devotee, the constant has always been the doll at the centre of the phenomenon. Through a fantastic wardrobe that continues to represent a world of glamour, choices and careers, her presence affirms one fundamental belief, that our future is limited only by our imagination. Hello, I'm Belle and welcome back to Silhouette, a fashion history podcast where I discuss the importance of the clothes we wear. I'm coming back at you this episode with a bit of a different one today. Barbie fashion. Yes, you heard me, Barbie. A fashion icon of so many generations, but probably one not seen as part of the study of fashion. And I want to talk about that. So what makes Barbie an effective candidate for a study of fashion history? A myriad of reasons, really. Her iconic looks sum up the epitome of style for each era. Her designs reflect what was seen as the most desirable way to dress oneself throughout Western history. But more than this, the changes that come with each decade tell us so much about changing times, both in fashion and culture, in terms of who is accepted, who and what is seen as desirable and what we should aspire towards as a culture. I therefore want to propose an idea using Barbie as a historical source in her own right, but not just Barbie, her designers, her fashion and her friends. It's all about glamour and idealism, beauty, but as well as that, we can look at diversity, body acceptance and racial inclusion. So with all that in mind, Let's go through Barbie as an icon throughout the years and explore some of her fashions. First, we'll do some introductions. Now, Barbie is a fashion doll that was manufactured by the American toy company Mattel and launched in March of 1959. American businesswoman Ruth Handler is credited with the creation of the doll using a German adult doll called Build Lily as her inspiration. Barbie's full name is Barbara Millicent Roberts, named after Ruth Handler's daughter, and she came on the market to fill a gap. Now, all the information that I'm going to use here and in this podcast as a whole, actually, I got mainly from Wikipedia, the Toys That Made Us documentary on Netflix, um, Trixie Mattel's YouTube channel, interestingly, and a few different books, specifically one called Barbie All Dolled Up by Jenny D'Amato. Since 1959, Mattel has actually sold over a billion Barbie dolls, making it the company's largest and most profitable line. Barbie has really become such an icon and has been given honours that are quite rare in the toy world, apparently. Ruth Handler watched her daughter Barbara play with paper dolls and noticed that she often enjoyed giving them adult roles. And the specific things she enjoyed about the paper dolls were clothes. At the time, most children's dolls were children, babies or infants. And she realised, I'm sure, that there was a massive gap in the market here, which is where Barbie came in. And Handler suggested the idea of an adult-bodied doll for children to her husband, Elliot, who was a co-founder of Mattel. It was during a trip to Europe, apparently in 1956, that Ruth Handler came across a German adult-bodied toy called Build Lily. And she looks a lot like Barbie if you look at images. So you can absolutely see where the inspiration came from. But this adult figure doll was 
just exactly what she had in mind. So she purchased a few of them, I believe, and she gave one to her daughter just to sort of see what her daughter thought of it. Clearly, she loved them, and she took the others back to Mattel to propose her idea. Now, the Build Lily doll was based on a popular character that was in sort of adult magazines. I say adult with a bit of a pinch of salt because it's not adult in the way that you might think. It was a comic strip drawn by Reinhard Boothin, I hope I said that right, for the newspaper Build. And Lily was a blonde bombshell, a working girl who was sort of very uh, inspirational and very sure of herself. And she was not above using men to get what she wanted. And that was the joke. The Lily doll was first sold in Germany in 1955. And although it was initially sold to adults to represent this very feminine blonde bombshell character, it became popular with children who enjoyed dressing her up in outfits just like Barbie. So when Ruth Handler returned to the United States, she redesigned the build Lily doll with help from her engineer, Jack Ryan, who was a bit of a problematic character, so we won't talk about him too much. (laughs) And the doll was given a new name, Barbie, after her daughter, Barbara. The doll made its debut at the American International Toy Fair in 1959. And this date is also used as Barbie's official birthday. And I'm sure we've all seen images of the very first Barbie doll. She wears her black and white zebra-striped swimsuit and signature sort of top-knot ponytail with her little fringe And she was available either as blonde or a brunette. The doll was marketed as a teenage fashion model with her clothes created by a specific designer called Charlotte Johnson. Essentially, Barbie, in America at least, was the first of her kind and her popularity skyrocketed just because she filled this gap for young girls to want to aspire to be womanly and to aspire to certain fashions and look beautiful in a way that paper dolls of the time couldn't do. They were limited to paper, whereas Barbie had fully fledged outfits that were designed by adults. They were like adult clothes and they were made of fabric. She was always, as we know her today, a fashion icon, and that was the role that she fulfilled. So now I really think we should just go through Barbie's history chronologically, just to give you all an idea of what she was wearing in certain time periods, how she was wearing it, and why she wore it. Barbie saw so many changes with each decade, as you'll see, and I think that's so fascinating. Essentially, her clothes were depicted in a way that just reflected the epitome of glamour and beauty and what was seen as desirable at the time. And it's so obvious looking at photos of the fashions and the dolls that were released. I'll describe to you what they look like, just so you get a visual idea, that this was the case, that she reflected the epitome of desirability. So let's start with some of the really early Barbies. Obviously, Barbie was released in 1959, so her 50s life was very short and she really came into her own during the 60s. However, in that first year, some of her early fashions really are very reflective of 50s fashion. Some of them are sort of quite simple in their own way, but they're very, very well-made clothes. I own a few of them myself and they completely reflect what was seen as beautiful. The first Barbie, as I said, was released in 1959 and she wore that iconic black and white swimsuit. But she also had a pair of little black pumps and white sunglasses. It was very simple, chic and very, very 50s. Some more iconic looks for the early years of Barbie include Suburban Shopper, which was a sort of large striped 
uh, blue and white or red and white summer dress and it came with a very summery hat and she carried a little wicker basket full of fruit, presumably from her suburban shopping. This outfit was also quite reflective to me um, of the one worn by Marilyn Monroe in that photo shoot where she's holding a rose. If you don't know the one I mean, um, give it a Google and you'll see how similar the outfits are. Another very famous one is Solo in the Spotlight, which is a full-length, tight, black, sequined, mermaid-tailed dress with a pearl choker and a pink chiffon scarf. It's a really beautiful outfit, but it also reflects this kind of Hollywood glamour that was popular at the time. She also came with a standing microphone because presumably she is singing a solo in the spotlight. Sorry, I keep referencing <laughs> the names of these outfits to make my point, but eh, whatever. The names of these outfits outfits are also quite interesting actually moving on from that point we had one called busy gal which was a working woman's outfit and another one called evening splendor an enchanted evening they're all very chic and suave and glamorous and very befitting of this hollywood glamour that was the epitome of beauty in the late 50s i will also add here that in the early days of barbie the idea was that you bought one doll and you bought the fashion pack separately which is quite interesting as you'll see later on that changed but this is why in a lot of the Barbies, the hairstyles you see in the early Barbies are very similar or the same because, yeah, a child would have one doll, Barbie, or one of her friends, who I will reference in a little bit, and you'd buy the outfit separately. So it was really this idea of dressing the doll and the outfit was almost the center stage for the doll. The fashion was the most important thing and that was what the girls wanted to go out and buy, which is really interesting. I suppose that just gives reference to how big fashion was at the time and how important it was to identity even in the late 50s, you know. Now, as I said before, Barbie only had a year in the 50s and most of her outfits and dolls came about in the 60s. One of the first dolls I want to talk about from the early years of Barbie in the early 60s is Fashion Queen Barbie. Now, this was a doll that came with interchangeable wigs with other sort of idealised hairstyles, including bubble cuts, not just her 50s ponytail. You can totally see here how she is moving into the 60s and her style is changing with that. But also what we see running through these early Barbies, as you'll see, is a real sense of idealised femininity and the outfit names as well as their styles kind of sum up this ideal image of a woman that was projected at the time most specifically projected to little girls at the time, which is interesting. These outfits are very glamorous, but fairly conservative. The colour schemes are very thought out and well accessorised, and these Barbies are shoppers, housewives and trophy wives, or Hollywood singers and actors and beauty queens. They sum up these eras in more ways than one, but specifically these changes for middle-class women, where the ideal image was both a conservative housewife with good morals, but also a very beautiful woman with a sense of independence and glamour. I suppose the ideal in America specifically was the best of both worlds. In this early era of Barbie, for example, we saw the first wedding Barbie. And this first wedding set came with something old, which was pearls, something new, some shoes, something borrowed, pair of gloves and something blue, a garter. <laughs> Charlotte Johnson, as I mentioned earlier, was um, Barbie's first sort of real fashion designer. Charlotte apparently played a key role in shaping the sort of style of Barbie 
And she continued to create these ensembles for Mattel for the next 20 years and making sure that elegance and style would be a part of the Barbie lexicon for all these years to come. And with this idea in mind, essentially Barbie fulfilled a specific role for young women at the time to give them the opportunity to play make-believe within a grown-up world whilst instilling these morals that parents wanted their young children to follow and projecting images they wanted projected. And Ruth Handler and I'm sure Charlotte Johnson were aware of this. They wanted glamour and beauty to be the main focal point of Barbie and the selling point, which reflects late 50s and early 60s values and also is completely reflected in the fashion packs that were created. The original jingle from the very first commercial sings, Barbie, you're beautiful. You make me feel my Barbie doll is really Barbie, you're beautiful. You make me feel that my Barbie doll is real. As I said, with this in mind, the fashions created and worn by Barbie sum up the idealized image that parents wanted projected at the time, the ideal silhouette, and reflected what was deemed as beautiful. She was white, primarily blonde, slim, and very well-groomed. She was glamorous within reason and wore more dresses than trousers. Her underwear sets and her pyjama sets were also very conservative, but still very beautiful. However, whilst the early Barbie outfits did reflect this ideal to be a dutiful housewife, very conservative and very beautiful, something else we did see in these early Barbies was a workwear series. There was a registered nurse, a ballerina, an airline stewardess. There was an astronaut in the 60s. Granted, this was later into the early era, but still mad when you think about how inspirational that probably was for young women. We also had a magazine editor, a scuba diver. Barbie's famous image as a pink bimbo is really not what this doll set out to do. She was set up as an inspiration to young people and projected what was ideal for young girls and women at the time. She was smart, she was capable, as well as very beautiful and glamorous. And these early Barbies really are something to be marveled at. I don't think one outfit is even hot pink. She was more of a feminist icon of the time than perhaps we realise. Having a female astronaut in the 60s was big. Interestingly, in the 60s as well, a lot of the Barbies clearly mimicked the look of the first lady. As Jenny D'Amato says in her book, All Delled Up, um, as Jacqueline Lee Bouvier Kennedy breezed into the White House in 1961, she stirred winds of change across the land. The first lady personified effortless sophistication while putting her family first. Her instinctive sense of how to be a woman of principle and style made her an immediate role model, and her classic look made elaborate evening dresses and beehive hairdos passe. In her unembellished, semi-fitted jackets and A-line dresses, hair lifted off her forehead in a subdued bouffant topped with her signature pillbox hat, she moved fashion forward. And so many Barbies reflect this exact style. There is even a look that just epitomizes that. Barbie with her sort of short bouffant bob cut, pillbox hat, red sleek jacket, gloves and a little clutch. Barbie at this point was most definitely a very adult woman. Although she was advertised as a teen doll, her looks were Jackie Kennedy-esque, as I said, and they were very glamorous. They were let's do lunch and let's do cocktails. She's not 15 at this point. Although into the 60s, Barbie did get introduced with a host of friends. These were Midge, Francie and a few others. Some of these girls were not blonde and had very short hair and different body sculpts. She also had a little sister called Skipper and there were fashions made specifically for these dolls too. 
outfits that matched the different ages and personality of the dolls. Their fashions were similarly well-made and very glamorous, but Midge, for example, was a little more playful. She was a margarette, for example, and wore a variety of swimsuits. Really, the early fashion, sort of late 50s, early 60s, really ticked every box they could in terms of fashion and feminine ideals. Barbie was, as I said, wife, housewife, teenager somehow, student, career girl, trophy wife, leisurely lady, and so on. She was everything, and that was the point, and her fashions completely reflected that. She was an astronaut. She went for cocktails, but she also went to the prom. Go figure. Moving on from the very demure looks of the late 50s and early 60s, let's kick off with 1965 and the outfit named Poodle Parade. <laughs> this was a pea green and hot pink suit with a huge pair of 60s sunglasses and hot pink headscarf. This look is a lot to me. She looks very daring and much more colourful than her early carnations and a lot more grown up. This outfit was really the shift from the 50s fashion into the early 60s, moving on to the change that was seen in real life in the mid 60s and really foreshadowed what was to come in terms of real life fashion and in terms of what was to come for Barbie, which I'll get into. 60s Barbie, it had this huge shift. We went from the classic side-eye demure face with the blue eyeshadow and red lips to an entirely new incarnation of the doll. She came with a new body, a new face sculpt and a completely new look. She had long straight hair, rosebud orange lips and long mascara. The fashion was also, after this poodle parade one, which really kicked it off, much shorter, smaller, brighter, less feminine in the traditional sense and a lot more risque. Essentially, these fashions just embody our ideals of the 60s. We really see this in 1966 with Colour Magic Barbie. This Barbie wore a very small bodysuit in a sort of diamond rainbow pattern. She had long straight hair that allows you to change its colour. Her hair was naturally sort of bright yellow with hot pink lips. She had the same face sculpt as the original Barbie, but changes were happening and the colours were much brighter and much more garish. This brings us nicely into Twist and Turn Barbie in 1967, the whole new era and whole new image that I mentioned a second ago. This Barbie had the ability to move at the waist and go-go dance, essentially. Her play value was therefore no longer just about dressing up and reimagining day-to-day scenarios, but more explorative play with much more experimental fashions, which just does sum up what the 60s was all about. Obviously, a little disclaimer here. When I say this, I mean this at the very basic level. Obviously, on a day-to-day scale, life might not have changed very much for people between the 50s and the 60s. But in terms of what was seen in magazines and what was seen as ideal, this is what was reflected, really. The All That Jazz Ensemble is a clear example of this. It's a hot pink and yellow gold-striped dress with a matching jacket. And with this, Barbie became a fully kitted-out mod with a netted see-through oversuit and tiny bikini underneath in one of her most famous outfits. She was still very feminized in terms of her makeup and her hair was long and blonde and beautiful, but in a whole new way, a way that was seen in high fashion magazines in the West at the time. She was sort of Twiggy-esque. I read in a book here, which is really interesting, that said that girls no longer wanted to emulate the role of their mother with the original Barbie doll. But now with this new twist and turn Barbie that could dance, as I said, they wanted to emulate their older sisters. This Barbie was definitely more of a late teen young adult rather than a combination of sort of student and housewife. 
The doll's body could swivel to music on the beach, as a commercial suggested, and the new tiny outfits accommodated that. Have you heard what's happened? Barbie's changed. Barbie's new and different. She's the very same size, but now she comes with a groovy outdoor look. And Barbie's lashes are really for real. And even her face has changed. Best of all, the biggest news of all is the way Barbie moves. The new Barbie twists. The new Barbie turns. Wouldn't you like the new Barbie? Barbie's friends also came along for the ride, including Francie, who had a very youthful look. Christy, who was the first black Barbie, and a whole host of others. Ken also came along for the ride and looked a lot more rugged and handsome than his earlier incarnation. But they all sported very similar, much more 60s fashion and were sold as part of this new youthful Barbie world that had been created. Here I also want to talk about Christy, the black doll, and Francie, who you could also buy in a black variant. She was a very important doll. She had the twist and turn body as well and was a proper part of the Barbie brand, but she was black. They made very few of these dolls obviously, but the fact she was an integral part of Barbie's friend group was an important shift. These dolls are just as beautiful and their fashions are just as beautiful and just as 60s and it's really interesting to see that she wasn't left out of the lineup or given something a bit less than her other white counterparts, which I really think is fantastic. In 1968, moving on later to the 60s, we got Talking Barbie. The original advertisement of this doll shows them saying phrases such as I love being a fashion model. And Would you like to go shopping? Which just epitomizes this new rebrand of Teenage Barbie. Stacy, who was another friend of Barbie. Who's Stacy? That's my other surprise. She's Barbie's new friend. She talks too. Hello there, I'm called Stacy. was stylized on Twiggy specifically and actually had a slight British accent in this talking brand, which is really cute. <laughs> I'd love to own one of those. Stacy was slightly more girly in the traditional sense and wore a lot of very sparkly baby doll outfits, as opposed to the sort of sharper mod wear and jumpsuits that Barbie and her other friends were wearing. But obviously outfits could be crossed between dolls in play, so that became slightly irrelevant. The Barbie illustrations also massively changed. Google promotional images to know what I mean. They used bright colours and sharp designs that were very different to the muted colours and kind of soft, very painted illustrations of the early Barbies. Essentially, the early 60s was very 50s and very demure. And moving into the late 60s, we saw massive change. And I think that's really fascinating and really does just sum up what was happening in real life at the time. In the book I'm reading, All Dolled Up, um, there's an interesting point here. It says that fashion was now about the idea of quick act changes. Mattel's fashion design is completely picked up on that mood with a keen interpretation of the pattern of the 60s, which was very swirling patterns, geometric shapes and daring colour combinations that were fixtures in shop windows and abroad. We moved on from outfits named things like Suburban Shopper to Sparkle Squares, Zoko and Swirly Q, which completely sums up that 60s era. Okay, 70s Barbie. Let's think summer, think hippies, think beetles and suntans. The famous phrase was a plastic tan never fades in the 70s. And the even newer face that we saw came into the 70s of Barbie summed this up. Malibu Barbie came on the scene in 1971 and eclipsed the very 60s mod style that was seen in the earlier era. What's new under the sun? Malibu Barbie. 
She's Mattel's super new suntanned Barbie. It was a whole new era, as I said. She had long, honey blonde hair, dark tanned skin, pale makeup that was basically only mascara, and a very neat little blue swimsuit. That was it. No shoes, no lipstick, no accessories other than a towel and a pair of sunglasses. Her simplicity is so interesting to early era Barbie, it's hard to believe it's the same doll. This was the first era of Barbie that was also looking straight on. Before all the eye sculpts had been side glancing, it's this idea that she's no longer as passive and demure. Of course, the 60s dolls trailblaze this idea, but this 70s Barbie is a completely whole new incarnation of the doll and completely reflects what was happening in the 70s. She looks very much like Marsha Brady. She's very pretty, but much less glitzy and glamorous. And it sums up this desire to be more simple in the early 70s, maybe. The fact that she was called Malibu Barbie and came with a tan really sums this up. And not only did Barbie change, but so did her friends. She came with a whole set, interestingly, with Ken and her friends, including a new doll called PJ, who is just so beautiful. And Francie, who has this big cheesy grin on her face. They all sported a tan and this minimalist look, as well as less demure outfits and very long blonde hair. Skipper even has a bikini tan under her clothes. It's slightly weird to me, I will say, as she's meant to be about like 13 or 14. So, you know, we'll just ignore that because it's a little bit creepy, but it still sums up this image of Malibu beach hippie life of the early 70s and female liberation in a way. Now, this Malibu Barbie was the trailblazer of the 70s, but moving on from this, some of the 70s outfits and the 70s doll that came out were just so... 70s. So, so 70s. They're not to my personal taste, I will say, but I appreciate them for what they are. They're just so hippie. It's big printed shirts, peasant skirts, waistcoats, fur jackets, fringe, bell bottoms even more. We got Barbie in a fully fringed outfit, trousers and jacket. We also got fashion sports sets and there was one called Snappy Snoozers and Satin Happening, as well as peasant style looks a la Laura Ashley. Google live action Barbie for the most garish 70s look I think you'll ever see. Basically, if you want to know what people wanted to look like in the 70s, look at Barbie. She also got jeans for the first time ever. There was a special Sweet 16 Barbie that came with jean shorts. Now this Sweet 16 thing is quite confusing as Barbie in the late 50s and early 60s was a wife, a housewife, and also a lot of other things. But I guess, as I mentioned previously, Barbie isn't just one thing. She shifts. Essentially, she is a mold for young girls and she fits them all depending on what they want from it. Nevertheless, this Barbie was a lot more playful, colourful and experimental than her earlier incarnations. And that really sums up the 70s era and the ideal image that was projected at the time. We also got another new Ken, a very manly Ken. In the 60s, as I said, he was very young looking and quite scrawny. And this Ken was very muscly. He had big sideburns and big hair and he wore slick 70s suits. There's even a facial hair Ken who is hilarious and you can add and remove his sideburns and his beard. 70s. <laughs> Moving on from the sort of early 70s era, very hippie chick Barbie, 1977 saw the release of Superstar Barbie. <laughs> you to meet new superstar Barbie doll. Another new face and another new style. Think Farrah Fawcett, think glam daytime TV Barbie. Jenny DiMarta calls this the pulse of disco calling, which I love. Essentially, she says that this Barbie reflected the nation's inner dancing queen. 
Barbie said adieu to the driftwood beaches and pristine beauty of the mountains in 1977 and returned to the city in one of her most iconic incarnations, Superstar Barbie. She had broad cheekbones and a dazzling smile. The doll instantly evoked America's sweetheart, Farrah Fawcett, whose poster sales had broken record and adored untold adolescent bedrooms. Whereas early 70s Barbie was very Malibu, very beachy, very hippie, very warm with the earth, 70s superstar Barbie completely removed that and became glamorous and sparkly once again. But again, this completely reflected the ideal image of the time and Farrah Fawcett was one of those idealised images. You know, disco was very popular. Hollywood had a new incarnation and Barbie had to fit in with this mould. We also got a new superstar, Ken, who no longer had the big 70s sideburns and beard, but very moulded on bleach blonde hair and a shiny blue satin bodysuit, glitzy belt and some sort of red cravat. I know I'm talking about Barbie here and the female outfits, but some of the Ken looks are just, I love them. They're so much. They're just everything <laughs> all at once. And he often gets lost in the mold. And I think people need to appreciate Ken for what he is a little bit more. <laughs> With Hollywood taking hold of American culture a lot more, um, film celebrities also took hold of people a lot more. And it's fascinating that this happened so fast, but I suppose completely summed up what these eras were like. They saw so many changes as what was idealised for women and men, and it completely epitomises these. They had the Osmond Barbies, Celebrity Barbies, Barbies had bling and feather boas and much more glamorous face painting. Her bright lips were back, as were crystal studs, and all the fashions were glitzy and gold and silver, ruffled or tulle. Think Saturday Night Fever fashion, Fashion Photo Barbie came out and she was able to twirl on the dance floor in a hot pink and gold tulle skirt with a red bodysuit underneath. She had jewellery and big 70s hair, no longer the simple beach girl of the early era. It was big time glamour and Barbie was at the forefront of bringing these looks to more than just magazines, but to people in their daily life and to little girls as well. So we've talked 70s briefly, I might add, but now... Let's talk 80s. This is really where the hot pink image of blonde bimbo Barbie gets implanted in our consciousness. She's a lot less real. However, this era also pioneered a whole era of girls can do anything for Barbie, which I love. I suppose it was this idea of being pink and girly whilst also being an astronaut or an office girl. Working girl images were very big in the 80s, but there was also a very glamorous look in its own way. Whereas in the 60s, these looks had been realistic in a way to show girls what these adult jobs looked like. The fashions in the 80s for these working girl outfits were hot pink twin sets and hot pink blazers. It was a combination of ultra-feminised 80s fashion and new wave feminism. Day to Night Barbie is a clear example of this. She had on a pink business suit that could then transform into sparkly pink nightwear outfit. She came with a suitcase with a calculator, a credit card, a magazine, and I think some sort of phone. Essentially, what Barbie was telling girls and what was they were reflecting of the 80s was that girls can be both. Astronaut Barbie was also crazy. She's in a shiny, hot pink astronaut suit with puffy sleeves, and she's depicted in the box on a sparkly moon. It's that weird mix of fantasy and reality that 80s Barbie played with, but also what was played with in the 80s in general. For example, in the 80s, we had the strong influence of musical stars like Madonna and Cyndi Lauper. Madonna had wild outfits accessorised with buckles, vintage lace and fingerless gloves. And the singer performer showed a very uncouture look. 
that was very instantly recognisable, specifically in the movie Desperately Seeking Susan. 1980 actually saw the influential introduction of Black Barbie. Now, I know what you're thinking. Didn't they have Chrissy and Francie in the 60s and 70s? Yes, they did, but they weren't Barbie. This was the first non-white character in the lineup with the Barbie name. She had a big fluffy afro, bigger lips, darker skin and darker colouring. She was designed by a black artist called Kitty Black Perkins, which is the best name I've ever heard, and set a whole new precedent for this era of Barbie. I'd love to own one, but wow, they are to find. In the 1980s, we also saw the introduction of the Dolls of the World series, which introduced a whole new wave of diversity for Barbie. We had Miko, who was Hawaiian. There was an Indian Barbie, a Japanese Barbie and a Dutch Barbie. They all came with new fashions, new face sculpts and new hair. We also had the first Hispanic Barbie, and this was in keeping with society's increasing familiarity with world cultures at the time. But still, with this in mind, blonde, skinny, white Barbie was the main image of this era. She was still the Barbie that was the focal point of the advertisements and probably the most popular doll that you would find at the time. Some of the looks that this Barbie wore in the 80s are just so 80s. But honestly, they're puffy dresses, shoulder pads, crystals. We had Peaches and Cream Barbie who wore a huge peach tulle dress, which is just iconic. I own one and she's just beautiful. But we also saw drop waists, pencil skirts with ruffles, feathers and glitz. There was also a superstar Ken who wears a silver tux with a pink sheer heart covered shirt. It's mad, but it's so 80s. 80s Barbie took everything to a whole new level and her legend still precedes her, I suppose. We have to talk about Barbie and the Rockers from 1986 if we're talking about just completely wild fashion. If any Barbie sums up the extreme looks of the 80s, these do. Google them, please. They're just so wild. Think Gem and the Holograms, Ultra Glam, Rock Style. Barbie has this huge perm and massive purple eyeshadow literally going over her eyebrows. It's very drag style, actually, and I think that's what I love about it. But she also has a faux fur hot pink headband, a silver top and hot pink ski pants with a purple belt. Her friends are in ex equally extreme looks, but they are so iconic. It's a very diverse line and Midge comes back, who was Barbie's first ever friend. We also get a new Asian character, Dana, who is probably my favourite face of all time. Ken also has a huge bouffant and a new rock star face. It's so funny. I want this Ken so badly. He has a shiny tinfoil suit, which has MC Hammer pants and completely reflects the influence of music in the 80s. There was also winking cowboy Barbie in the 80s who sort of wore a sheer white and silver, very Dolly Parton-esque cowboy outfit. I suppose Dolly Parton was big in the 80s and her influence in music and in fashion can also be seen reflected here. Although I implore you to Google footage of the winking Barbie now as these dolls have not aged well. Essentially, she had this mechanism in the back of her head where you'd flip a little switch and one of her eyes would wink. But let me tell you, that winking mechanism has not aged as it should. And oh, it's quite funny. Constant wink. But in the 80s, there was also Great Shape Barbie, who you might recognise from Toy Story 4. I mean, it's quite a basic Barbie, but I suppose it's very specific to this sports wear that was popular in the 80s. She had a tiny little shapewear suit and 
leggings and just so, so, so 80. There was also the set called Barbie All-Stars, where Barbie and her sort of group wear these elaborate star pattern gym outfits and so much jewellery, which you wouldn't wear to the gym, but it was the 80s. And the duffel bag also transforms into a shiny jacket. Love it. 80s Barbie essentially said, bigger the better, and just did nothing by halves. The simplicity and the refinement of the original Barbie was gone, and we just had this completely extreme, hot pink, chul Barbie era that is just iconic and sums up probably what the 80s was all about, right? In the later 80s, we had Holiday Barbie who wore this big red chul Christmassy dress. This Barbie was actually much more influential than you may realise. She actually caught the eye of adult collectors and not just children. And this brings us nicely into the whole new era of the Barbie brand. From the big, crazy, hot pink, Madonna-esque chul that we saw in the 80s came a whole nother era in the 90s and change in how Barbie was perceived. In the 90s, Barbie really became a collector's item in her own right, and whole collections were brought out solely for adult collectors. I suppose a lot of these people may have owned Barbies when they were younger, and the element of nostalgia came in for these people. But as I said, Holiday Barbie, I think, plays a large role in this. If you Google the very first Holiday Barbie from the 80s, She's in a package that just screams collector's item. And I love that. I think that's fascinating in terms of how Barbie was changing and how her fashions were reflecting a new era. Barbie's fashions were therefore catapulted into this new era of quality and sophistication. And they sort of reflected what Barbie initially set out to do a lot more. Gone was the kind of very teenage girl. Gone was the big 80s rock star Barbie. And we had famous designers creating sophisticated looks. She was modelled on famous celebrities like Marilyn Monroe. And she even wore historical themed outfits like Elizabethan and Flapper. She became a name of status almost. So if you had a Barbie made by you or of you, you were important and influential. She became classic, glamorous and very much an adult at this point in this adult collector line. Bob Mackie was a big 90s influence um, at this time and took over the role of Charlotte Johnson from the early days and became a big name as a Barbie fashion designer. Bob Mackie really went for this idea of costumed evening wear. It was very glitzy. It was very glamorous. It was very chic. It was very Cher-esque. The Bob Mackie Gold Barbie came out in 1990 and he created this breathtaking ensemble for this doll and each year after actually. Thousands of hand-sewn sequins, feathers and heavy beading were the trademark artistry of his collection. These were no longer just dolls for children, they were dolls to be displayed and they were adorned with beautiful handcrafted outfits as I said. They were made for display. 90s high fashion was quite experimental in this way and I suppose Bob Mackie was just reflecting what was seen and what he knew would be popular to buyers at the time. They had a whole new range of buyers with a lot more money than just parents and that was a whole part of it I suppose. There was even a Dior Barbie and a Chanel Barbie as well as Vera Rang and Versace in the 2000s. They also started to remake some of the original classic dolls with the intention of keeping these immaculate in the box as collector's items. As I said, the nostalgia element really comes in here. But obviously, with that in mind, Playline Barbie still existed and she had some fashions, let me tell you. She still had some big crazy puffy gowns, white blonde hair and very pink makeup. 
I think 90s Barbie really solidified the iconic image of pink Barbie that we know. These are actually some of the Barbies that I had and remember quite vividly. And I still remember some of the outfits I had. I had Ski Fun Barbie, who I loved, and Working Out Barbie, who came with a little tape. I remember these outfits. One of them was a hot pink sparkly workout outfit with lots of mesh. And the skiing outfit that Barbie wore was also hot pink with multiple different sparkly colours all over it. Not really what you'd wear skiing, but, you know, it was Barbie and that's what she did. But these outfits are very iconic in a different way to perhaps the 80s. They're less futuristic than the 80s, but even more ridiculously sparkly pink and glamorous. Barbie was really at its peak here, so there's almost too many outfits to name specifically. But I'm sure a lot of you are of a certain age that you remember 90s Barbie. And all it takes is just, you know, a quick Google to see the sort of image that I mean. Also, it's interesting to think that these Barbies were very much made for play and they were no longer reflective of real life, even more so than the 80s. They're crazy in a whole different way. It's like extreme femininity, almost insultingly so. But saying that, 90s Barbie was a lot more collaborative and tried a lot more new things. The dolls of the world Barbie really came into their own and pretty much every nation has had a Barbie made of them. There was also Toys R Us Barbie, Disney Barbie and a whole host of other collaborations that Barbie was involved with. And I think that's also really interesting. I suppose with the internet and all these other things, the world really opened up in the 90s and Barbie and the sort of clothes that she was wearing reflected that. And she had sort of tried everything at this point. We had a superhero Barbie. There's so many different Barbies that it's too many to name. But I think that is also reflective of how popular the brand was and how much they really had to play with and how much money the company had at this point. Barbie was also very influenced by music at the time and how music and fashion sort of intertwined together, much like the 80s Barbie. But instead of um, the sort of rock star Madonna Barbie, we had Rappin' Rockin' Barbie, who is... <laughs> Here's Rappin' Rockin' Barbie. You, you can, can sing along. Because with her boom bops, you can rap a song. This Barbie's cool from her head to her toes because she's got the most happening clothes. This Barbie's the hottest, that's what I found. Because her boom bops plays a real rap sound. <laughs> I don't know, she's quite something. She comes with a little uh, tape that plays her rap that she does and she wears a hot pink skirt and this big leather jacket that sort of sums up what was loosely worn by rap artists at the time. This was still extremely feminised and was not really reflective of what actual artists were wearing but more a barbified image of these fashions. But it still shows what people were wearing probably on the streets because musical fashion was quite big not musicals but <laughs> fashion in terms of coming from music although saying that not all of the barbies in the 90s were extremely feminized and pink a lot of them were but in 1996 we had the generation girl line and these were highly stylized teenage dolls that were in very grunge boho fashions, as well as a lot of sportswear. I'm looking at photos of them now, and I don't think any of them are wearing pink, really. They're sort of in dungarees and jeans and has their hair tied up in plaits. There's an African-American doll, a Hispanic doll. They wear leather jackets and denim jackets, and it's a lot more grungy than the sort of pink iteration of Barbie that was very prevalent in the 90s. But again, this was reflective of grunge, which was so popular in the mid-90s, and I'm sure was a popular doll. I think I did actually own one. 
But nevertheless, I think hot pink, sparkly, tall, very blonde Barbie was still the most popular Barbie at the time. And I suppose that very feminized image was popular in fashion at the time as well. Totally Hair Barbie, for example, came out in 1991 and is actually the best-selling Barbie of all time, if you can believe it. She's in this sort of abstract pink and rainbow mini dress with long sleeves and she has her long blonde hair that can grow. So I think you sort of pull it out of her head and you can cut it to different styles and style it any way you want. I think it came with its own gel as well, which is very, very 90s. Now, moving on from the 90s, 2000s Barbie was not so dissimilar to 90s Barbie, so I'm not going to put much focus on her. She was, however, a lot more modern in the 2000s sense, and some of her fashions are exactly what I would have wanted to wear and what I was seeing in magazines. She definitely became, I would say, more of a teen than an adult, and her fashions reflected the sharpness and modern style of 2000s fashions. There was a lot of spiky hairstyles, hair clips, metallic jackets and crop tops. Think Gwen Stefani circa sort of 2000, 2001. And she really fed off the hot pink Barbie aesthetic in a different way to past eras. And for this reason, this iteration of Barbie is really not my favourite. It's inarguable, however, that she no longer reflected what was seen as popular as her renewed teen status sort of solidified some of the fashion that was presented in the 2000s and 2010s. There was Millennium Barbie and Girl Band Barbie and it was all very 2000s in a way that maybe is slightly less iconic than the 60s and 70s but still summed up the image of energy and modernism and city styles that we saw in the 2000s. It was very metallic, very patterned, very low rise and very 2000s. Now, moving on from this, it's unarguable that the new world is much more open-minded. I think we can't argue with that. And Barbie completely reflects that in the modern day. Honestly, modern Barbie fashion leaves a lot to be desired and the quality just isn't there in the same way that it was. But we can't deny that modern Barbie is influential in a fashion sense in terms of identity rather than actual clothes. The epitome of style is no longer just pink and she's no longer just white. She's short, she's curvy, she's tall, she's dark-skinned, she's light-skinned, she's got moles, she's got body mods, she has different hair textures and different hairstyles. There's even female Barbies with short hair and female Barbies with long hair, with braids, with anything you can imagine. And I really love that. New Barbie is wildly important. Obviously, Barbie has been controversial in the modern day for not being representative and perhaps reflecting an idealized standard of beauty and femininity that can be quite toxic. Now, I will say I'm not sure if I buy into this purely because it's up to parents to teach kids what is the ideal and a doll should sometimes only be a doll. Kids don't always see what adults see and adults teach prejudice and unacceptance to children. But saying that, it's important that young girls and boys now have dolls that reflect an image of themselves and also lets kids play with dolls that look different from them. It's giving kids choices and the capability of knowing there's not one acceptable look and that's really important. It really is milestone stuff in a way that previous Barbies have not done. Obviously we had Christy, the first black Barbie, we had Dolls of the World, but in terms of shape, style and imperfections, these Barbies really deliver and that is the fashion of the day is just about acceptance and trying new things and different styles and it's all about the body. There's a doll with one leg, for example, 
example, and a doll in a wheelchair. There's a doll with bigger hips and smaller boobs. It's great. And I love the original blonde glam in its own way, but these dolls are definitely beautiful too. And they're just great. And I think all intonations of Barbie really have something to deliver and completely reflect the ideal image that we have for each era. And that's fascinating. (laughs) However, moving on from the positivity of these modern day dolls, we can't ignore the fact that Barbie has had her fair share of controversies over the years. There have been, of course, quite a few in her 60 years of life. But what's really interesting is that these controversies sum up each era and most often are related to her style or her fashions. And what was controversial in some dolls in earlier years may be seen differently now. And that's really interesting. Barbie really can be, as I said, a historical source in her own right, particularly in terms of her controversies. For example, even her very early fashion design was an area of controversy. Ruth Handler, who was Barbie's original designer, believed that it was important for Barbie to have an adult appearance. That was the whole point. And early market research showed that some parents were very unhappy about the doll's large chest, which had distinct breasts. They felt uncomfortable with their small children owning a doll that had a feminized physique. A doll that was seen as extremely controversial in the early 60s just for having breasts is definitely a lot less controversial now, for example. That's not really something that would invoke much fear in parents, as it did then. But moving on from this, one of the most inappropriate in my eyes is some really early controversies surrounding Barbie's weight. Thankfully, this was met with quite a lot of upset from parents. In an outfit pack named Barbie Babysits, she had a book with the outfit entitled How to Lose Weight, which advertised Don't Eat. (laughs) The same book was included in another ensemble called Slumber Party in 1965, and it came with a pink bathroom scale permanently set at £110, which would be extremely underweight for a woman about five foot nine, which is how tall Barbie is apparently supposed to be. This is extremely toxic and inappropriate and may have been done in an ironic way due to the fact that Barbie is plastic and obviously doesn't eat. But nevertheless, it was a real oversight on their part and an awful message for young girls to read. This is definitely one that would be controversial anytime, but also completely reflected what was seen as beautiful at the time period. Skinniness was beautiful and that's just how it was. A lot of the clothes that Barbie was wearing and real people were wearing reflected that. And Barbie was perhaps just making a comment on this. It's hard to know, really. Moving on from this, we've got Growing Up Skipper. She was another doll that elicited a lot of upset from parents at the time. However, I do wonder now if this doll would have a slightly different response. It's quite difficult to know. Essentially, this was a doll of Skipper, Barbie's younger sister, that went through some sort of plastic puberty. She came with younger fashion and older fashion to represent this. But when you twisted her arm, she grew taller at the waist and grew a pair of boobs. (laughs) It's an odd one, certainly, (laughs) but the idea of this feels like it could be viewed differently today as young girls are slightly more encouraged to understand their bodies than they were in the 60s. Although, I mean, it's a little creepy and the actual movement is pretty traumatizing as her arm twists round backwards in a sort of exorcist style. So I can see why this was quite universally hated and might traumatize kids today if it did come out. In the 90s, we also had Earring Magic Ken 
wow, <laughs> what an icon he is. Absolutely give this look a Google if you want to see him because it's really something to be marveled at. This Ken has such a 90s look. He's got blonde highlights in brown hair, some sort of lavender mesh shirt, a purple leather vest, a necklace with a large circular charm, and as the name indicates, an earring in his left ear. So the 90s here, they were clearly replicating the rave fashion that was popular at the time. However, despite the success of this very glamorous Ken at the time, there was a public expose from gay community commenter Dan Savage in the Washington Alternative Weekly newspaper called The Stranger on the secret meaning of the large circular necklace this Ken wore and the style of his look in the gay community. This led Mattel to discontinue Earring Magic Ken and recall the doll from stores due to the connection between this piece of jewellery and the gay community which is obviously widely inappropriate for children to be exposed to. I don't think I need to say more about it as I want to keep this podcast a little PG-13, but yeah, I'm sure you know what I mean. Very amusing and very controversial to parents, I'm sure. So essentially what I'm trying to do with this episode is just explore something that may previously have been ignored as an interesting area of historical study. It might seem quite ridiculous, which I do understand, but I'd completely argue that the Barbie brand should be valued as a reflection of certain times, particularly in terms of style and fashion and the way these dolls are styled. And within this idea of style also comes so many other things in terms of gender acceptance, diversity, what's seen as appropriate and what's seen as ideal in certain time periods. It's quite fascinating, really, in its own way, especially if at a very basic level, you want some insight into what was seen as the epitome of beauty standards. The fact that Barbie started off as very demure, white, tall and slim and has gradually evolved into so much more than that with her new diverse cast of characters with a range of fashions and styles clearly evidences that. Her myriad of job roles does too and these have also changed over the years from housewife to teacher to president in one of the newer Barbies. And her fashions have changed with that. Whilst Barbie has always been an astronaut too, for example, the astronaut fashion that accompanies her has been different with each iteration. She went from a very classic silver astronaut suit to something that is shiny and hot pink with big puffy sleeves in the 80s. We need more hot pink shiny astronaut suits in the modern day in my opinion, but that's a whole nother matter. <laughs> I'd be really interested in what you will have to think about this topic and to get some more insights. I would love to hear that. Do go have a gander at my Instagram, which is at Silhouettes Fashion History, and we can absolutely chat about it. I'd love to hear what you think. But to wrap up, a historical source isn't always a item of clothing or a book or an advertisement. We can look so far and wide, especially in fashion, to understand what was popular and what was being worn. There are so many examples that we can pull from and... Barbie is totally one of them in my eyes, even if her dresses are tiny and her shoes are plastic. <laughs> anyway, lovelies, thank you so much for listening and listening to me talk for nearly an hour about a plastic doll. Please do subscribe, like where you can and keep listening for more fashion history. Stay fab, everyone. Barbie dressed for swim and fun is only $3. Her lovely fashions range from $1 to $5. Look for Barbie wherever dolls are sold.
Someday I'm gonna be exactly like you. Till then I know just what I'll do. Barbie, beautiful Barbie. I'll make believe that I am you. You can tell it's Mattel. It's swell. <laughs> 